2 Kings chapter 6, verses 13 through 17. Listen to this word. Go find out where he is. This is the king of Aram is talking about the prophet uh, Elisha. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He's in Dothan. Then the king sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God, shout, the man of God, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Somebody shout amen. amen. God, would you open our eyes and hearts that we might see this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Shout amen. amen. Please be seated. On yesterday, Marvel Comics celebrated its 80th birthday. And if you're curious about the impact that Marvel Comics, along with its chief rival, DC Comics, which is 85 years old, has had on shaping culture, particularly pop culture, you need only to go probably to your next workshop or team meeting. And most likely you will hear as an icebreaker or a group exercise a question like this. What is your superpower? <laughs> See, ask the person next to you, what is your superpower? Sometimes the question is posed like this. If you could choose one superpower, what would that superpower be? This question is being asked in a variety of ways uh, all over the place. Now, when I hear this question, let me just tell you, I am both fascinated, a little thrilled, and frustrated all at the same time. Now, I'm fascinated because... Uh, I'm probably in the group that the most recent statistics suggest that most people carry within us that quiet desire to be a superhero with your own unique superpower. As a matter of fact, they recently rated, as they did a survey of Americans, and they kind of asked, uh, what's the one superpower you'd have? And they, they prioritized. Uh, and do you know the most popular superpower that uh, folk was, was number one? Uh, you have any idea what it is? The most popular superpower? Uh, time travel. That's right. That the average person said, I would love to travel back in time to fix some stuff that I messed up. <laughs> 
or the relives and stuff. Put me there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Do you know what the second most uh, <laughs> popular superpower was? The most, second most popular superpower was uh, the ability to read other people's minds. That's right. That's right. Only if you can read the mind of the person sitting next to you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> The third, of course, was to fly. The fourth was to uh, teleport. Number five. Can you guess what number five was? Number five superpower craved for was invisibility. Yeah, 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 to be invisible. My grandaunt used to say, if only I could be a fly on the wall. That was our way of simply saying, boy, if I was invisible. I could hear. That's fascinating, right? Exciting. I like it. Uh, but it's also very frustrating to me. I'll tell you why it's frustrating. Because whenever you ask me, what is your superpower? It reminds me, I don't have one. <laughs> For real. I mean, seriously. Come on. The other day, my daughter likes to mess with me a lot. And she, she, I, we were in the room, living room. <laughs> And just out of the blue, she started staring at a lamp. She just, <laughs> I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm trying to move that lamp with my mind. <laughs> what do you think her father did? All of a sudden, I'm staring at the lamp. cracks up, uh, and, then, and then she, you know, she laughs, and, and I said, sarcastically, did you do it? She says, you didn't see it? <laughs> I, I said, no, but you know, we parents, come on now, we, 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 we want to think that our kids could do anything. So I said, of course not, but then deep down inside, I'm wondering, could she have, could she have? I just thought I would let all of you know you do not have a superpower. <laughs> or do you? I want you to circle that question. We'll work our way back to it. Let's look at our text. It's a fascinating text. I love this text. Let me tell you the story of the text. It starts in verse 8. It's about a prophet named Elisha. Elisha has this remarkable relationship with God, the creator of the universe, that uh, all of these uh, supernatural things are happening around him as Elisha lives out his relationship with God. The first thing I want you to note is that Elisha is referred to as the man of God. Everybody shout, man of God. It is meant to designate his prophetic uh, uh, designation, a category, but it struck me, wouldn't it be wonderful if, in a sense, all of us who are people of faith and would live lives so defined by our trust in God that uh, when people thought of us, they would think of us as, as the woman of God or the man of God. 
Now, I'm not suggesting live a life that you're trying to push your faith down other people's throat. Please, by goodness, no. But I'm suggesting that you should neither live the kind of life where you hide your faith either. So, for example, if you are a thoughtful person and you like to think before you make a decision and you also like to pray, uh, I just want you to know it's all right for you to say at your next board meeting, you know what, I need a couple of days to think and pray about this. If when you run into people and and they're going through trouble and your first instinct is to pray and you know when you get home that night you're going to pray for them, well, I I just want you to know it's all right because you're living out a place of trust with God for you to say to them, you know, I I just want you to know I'm going to pray for you tonight or even dare ask them, would you mind if I pray for you? I just want you to uh, know that uh, if something inspiring happens to you today in church, and you're at coffee break tomorrow, don't be embarrassed to tell folk, guess what happened to me yesterday? But even more important to that, wouldn't it be wonderful that people, when they thought about you, they said, that's a man and woman of God because of how you treated other people with such radical love and grace and mercy and the temperate, how you argued and debated and disagreed. And when people thought about you, they said, wow, she or he, they're just kind of different. And when God looked at you, he would say, she or he is not perfect, but that's a man, that's a woman of God. There's an aspiration for you. Man of God. Woman of God. That's Elisha in the text. Second thing that jumps out in the text is that the theme from verse 8 to verse 23, 15 verses, is really the theme of prayer. Matter of fact, every verse doing that 15-verse journey is either about an action of prayer or a reaction to prayer. All right, let me tell you a story. Here's a quick story. I love it. It's a great story. So verse 8 tells us that Israel and Aram, uh, the nation Aram, that they're at war. Aram is in modern-day Syria. And the deal is that the king of Aram uh, comes up with these ways to ambush the army of Israel However, presumably, through a positive prayer, God always exposes the plan to the prophet Elisha, who gets the intel to the king, and again and again and again, totally messes up the king of Aram's strategy. So, the king of Aram calls a meeting, verse 11, with his top advisors, he said, which one of y'all leak? Somebody leaking. Everybody shout, leaking. Now, it's interesting how words change. Forty years ago, they said you were leaking. It meant one thing. It means something totally different today. (laughs) Who's the traitor? Verse 12, one of the people speak up and says, none of us. He says, that prophet over there in the nation of Israel, uh, he, he has the ability, sir, to hear you even when you whisper in your own bedroom. Oh, I love this. Well, Friday night, me and my vest, these are the young men who help take care of me doing the, on Sundays, make sure I get, you know, do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and uh, uh, we went to dinner Friday night. One of the young men during the dinner said, uh, 
talking about the politics on his job. And he was a little concerned about the politics. And I said to him, I knew I was going to preach this text, and I quoted to him about this, this particular passage, and I said, listen, if you walk with God, you never have to worry about people going behind a closed door plotting against you. Because every time they go behind the closed door, just remember, God's behind that door. <laughs> and, and, and if you walk with God, come on now, uh, 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 he's going to always find a way to let you know. Come on, let's give God a hand praise. It's just good to, to have the intel. So anyway, uh, that's what's happening. And so the king of Aram decides, says, look, let me handle it. Find out where the fella stays. We're going to wipe him out. So they come back and say he's in Dothan. So he sends a force, highly equipped uh, army. And it surrounds the city. But really, it's a little village. In verse 15, the servant of the man of God walks out that morning. And he immediately knows he's surrounded with this horrendous army. And he really trips out as anyone would. He runs back in the house. He says, he says what, what, what do we do? And Elisha's just cool and calm. He says, don't be afraid. He says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then the text says, come on now, in 17 it says, and then he prayed, Lord, open his eyes. Now stop right there. There are some insights here about the practice of prayer that I just want to lay out real quickly. The first insight is that prayer is simple. Everybody shout, simple. simple. Now, I want you to note that, that when Elijah prays here, uh, he does not go into a trance. He does not use thou most holy creator of the universe. He, he's just conversational. He, he's talking like he's talking with a friend, like a parent, like, like, like his next door neighbor, like somebody he intimately knows he's conversational. Secondly, I want you to notice that it's short. It's not a lot of words. He, he, in, 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 in five verses, he prays three times. In this verse, he simply says, Lord, open his eyes. And a few verses later, he, he will say about the enemy, strike them, close their eyes. And another verse or two later, he'll ask God to reopen their eyes. And, 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 and just these are just short phrases, just short phrases. So I just I just want to suggest to you that, that you don't have to have a lot of words to pray. You, 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 but, but they're short phrases, but they're regular. Shout regular. In other words, not a short phrase once a year. No, that's short phrase regularly. In five verses, happens three times. In other words, short phrases throughout our day. Something like this. If you are a doctor or a plumber and you've run into a problem that you can't really solve, you can just simply say, uh, 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 God, uh, 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 show me the way through. Lord, I need you. Come on now. If, if, if you're having a really bad day, uh, 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 you know, you're down in your spirit. You can just simply say, you know, no, Lord, I need you to would you, just lift my spirits. Just lift my spirit. Keep walking. Keep going. You're sitting in a boardroom. You can't figure, figure you, 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 you know, how, how are we going to solve this? Just simply say, Lord, speak to me. Just speak to me. Just whisper it in your mind. And you're in conversation with God. Short phrases. But regular. My, my, my grand aunt, she used to have it. She, she, when she was having a really bad day. She'd walk through the house, and she'd be communing with God. 
But his, his house, she would, his, she would say, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Every now and then, you're here. But, but it was orientated towards heaven. And it reminds me that Paul teaches us in Romans chapter 8 that, that when we orientate, even our groans and our moans, because sometimes we just don't have words to capture our experience. So it's just a groan. But when we orientate it towards heaven, that God can translate it into a language that heaven understands. Tell somebody, it's simple. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. That's conversational. Short, regular. Lastly, it's relational. It's a, uh, this, this sense of intimacy. It's really, Captain, notice every time that Elijah prays uh, in uh, these five verses, he uses a term. He does not refer uh, to the creator of the universe. It's God, which is kind of the abstract, Elohim, abstract word for God. Non-relational. He, he, he uses a personal name for God that the Jew would use. He says, he calls him, uh, in, in Hebrew it's Yahweh. Everybody shout Yahweh. Yahweh. Translated as Lord. So he always refers, open his eyes, Lord. Uh, close them, Lord, Lord. It's, he's talking to someone who he's familiar with. He spent time with, and God has spent time with him. It's relational. He's talking with somebody he doesn't have to hide or pretend. Relational. Hmm. I like to uh, uh, pray and walk. As a matter of fact, recently I've started walking a lot. I try to walk uh, four to five miles three times a week. Two days ago I did eight and a half miles. Praise God. And I don't preach this as a law or anything like this. This is my, my own personal mantra. I just believe God made us to walk a lot and run a little. <laughs> yeah. You know, because back in the day when they didn't have all the transportation, people walking everywhere they went and they ran only when they had to. <laughs> so anyway, one of the things I do now is I walk and pray. For example, uh, last weekend as I was getting ready for the message, our office is in Sunnyvale, and I went on some back streets behind. I was doing my walk, and I started talking to God. And when I talk to God, I get as animated and talking to God as I'm talking to you guys here. So I'm just walking and talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, look, I, okay, I got the text. I've done the research on the text. But, Lord, what's the message that you want to communicate with the people? And, and what's the insight that's going to be transformation? Lord, I'm listening. I, I can, can you talk to me? And by the way, God, just uh, uh, when you give me this message, don't let it be born. Can you loan me some of your sense of humor? Just, just a little bit, God. You know, I, you know, I'm just talking to God just like this. And, 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 and I'm going to need your power, God. I need your anointing because my intellect is not enough. I need you to penetrate the hearts of the people, okay? So I'm working like this. I'm talking. Now, the problem is if you're walking on a public street, <laughs> it's very possible for people to have the wrong notion about you. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like me passing this mom with her son one day, and the, and the young man, he looks up, he says, look, mommy. <laughs> she grabs his ass and scoots it up the side of the street. 
<laughs> but I've come up with a solution. It's a technological solution, you guys. So now I have these ear pods, and I put them in my ear. And now I just start walking and talking. <laughs> and they say, oh, yeah, he's just talking to somebody. I am. I'm talking to God. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. Shout, it's simple. Prayer is simple. Anyone can do it. Number two, prayer is powerful. Shout powerful. We see it in the text. So here's the first insight about it being powerful. Listen to me. Prayer will give you access to an unseen reality. That's what's going on in the text, right? The servant comes out. He sees the army. And rightfully so. He panics. He feels an anxiety, right? And he comes back and he tells Elisha. So, Elisha, he sees what the servant sees. But because of prayer, he also sees what the servant doesn't see. Here's my point. Praying people tend to see things that other folk don't see, and it impacts your emotional reactions. Look at the distinction. Look at the distinction. The servant comes back, and he says... What will we do? He's frantic. He's overwhelmed. Uh, uh, But Elisha is calm and peaceful. He sees what he doesn't see. The servant comes back and he's frightened and afraid. And Elisha is not afraid at all. And matter of fact, he says, don't be afraid. Why? Because he sees what his servant does not see. And and, and then he says, "Uh shout, powerful. Then, then, then he asks God, he says, open his eyes that he might see. And suddenly, the power of God happens and his eyes open. And suddenly, this young man, it's a whole nother world. He sees the army of the uh, Arameans have surrounded him. But then he looks behind and there is even a greater army of folk with flaming fire swords standing around. This is kind of the angelic horse. These are the folk who's on God's side, y'all. Come on now. And, and, and the enemy has, has Elijah surrounded, but now the servant sees God's got the enemy surrounded. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody needs to hear this word today. Listen, listen. You think the enemy has you surrounded. Somebody here, you need to hear this word today. Your circumstances uh, uh, has hemmed you in. Uh, uh, somebody's here today. Uh, 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 life challenges has put you in a room and back your back up against the wall. And there seems to be no escape. God wants me to say to you today, don't worry. Come on now. God's got your back. There are more with you than with them. Come on now. God is saying, I got this. Trust me. Come on, shout, trust me. Tell the person next to you, God's got your back. Tell them, God's got your back. Prayer is powerful. More with you than with them. 
A few verses later, the enemy rushes, and Elijah prays again. Close their eyes, and it happens. And then Elijah leads them into the city of Samaria, and he says, open their eyes. He asks God, and it happens. It's powerful, powerful. My wife uh, got into medical school really through a supernatural way. She was uh, two classes from finishing her master's degree in English literature. She had a job on the table to become a professor at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. We were poor, so I needed and wanted her to finish those two classes. <laughs> but the Lord spoke to her and said, I'm calling you to be a, med a, a doctor. Just like some of you, he's speaking and whispering to you that he's calling you to be a part of the launch of this new campus, his radical love in San Jose. She heard it. So... Uh, she turned around and went back to school for the next semester. We said, let's test it out. And Rhonda would tell you that in high school, she, was, she, she made poor grades in science and math. But these two next semesters, she got a 4.0 in chemistry and physics and all this stuff. And then the MCAS, the medical entrance exam, was coming up. And she uh, wanted to take it, but uh, she knew that she needed a little more preparation. Just so happened she passes by this office, shout, just so happened. She passes by this office, sees this poster, special program in Chicago that will prepare you for the MCAS. She went in to tell her department head about it, and the department head said, hey, why don't you go? We'll pay for it. We've got money. So Rhonda goes and flies, and it's just, what the deal was that the people in, this, in the study group, they had all taken all the courses they needed to take, including organic chemistry, and they were reviewing Rhonda hadn't taken organic chemistry. It would take about a year of study, two parts. So she thought, I'll just go participate in a review during the day and study on my own at night. Somewhere along the line, the dean of the program heard about it, called Rhonda in, and blasted her out. Said, how arrogant can you be to think that without taking organic chemistry that you, you can somehow come here and in this review and then you're going to go and take the test and, and you think, listen, you're going you're gonna to fail. And he so shook Rhonda up that she called me. That was in the days of the payphone. <laughs> Some of y'all don't even know what a payphone is. <laughs> and she called me and she told me what happened. And I said, I said, baby, I said, baby, just wipe that out. That's just the enemy talking. I, I said, I said, and, 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 you know, let's not, you know, he just doesn't know what he's talking about. In other words, watch this. I said, so you just come on back. And you're going to take the test because he doesn't know what God has done in your life. He has not been able to connect the divine dots of God's movement behind the scenes of reality. He does not know that God called you out supernaturally and said, I'm going to be a doctor. He does not know, come on now, that God blessed you to get 4.0. That was a supernatural. He does not know that it wasn't just so happened, but God orchestrated for you to see the posting. He orchestrated for the dean to say, we will pay for it. He doesn't know that you're on God's path for your life. He has not connected the dots. Let's not hold it against him come on back take the test girl when you pass with flying colors come on now take the score put it in an envelope with a letter send it to him and said I just want to show you what God is able to do 
And that is exactly what happened. She came back. She scored among the highest, including organic chemistry. We put it in an envelope and sent it back. God had her back. She was, see, prayer helps you to connect the dots of God's divine activity so you can see the path. Now, let me just take a moment here for some of y'all. Just get this. I've been pastoring for almost 30 years. And I share that story about Rhonda, and I know some of you immediately think, well, she's super special. She's, after all, the first lady of a church, or maybe she's really brilliant. Uh, well, she's all that. <laughs> Thank you. But she's no different than you. And I'm telling you, for 30 years I've seen this. As I've pursued God to deepen my walk with him, I've seen God through the power of prayer do amazing things. I've watched God heal sick people who the doctors said, there's nothing else we can do for call the family in. And I've watched God raise up people. I've watched God, uh, 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 and people through the process of prayer in the midst of deep grief, they don't know how they're going to get through it. But it was through the work of prayer, a year and a half later, they emerged as, as, as new people. I'm telling you what I know. I've, I've watched people, I've watched God supernaturally make provisions in a way that only God could do it. He's done it in my life. I'm, I'm telling you about the power of prayer. I, 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 I've just seen God move in such incredible ways. And it's not because I'm, I'm talking about the people I've pastored. I'm talking about people like you. Who had the audacity to believe that prayer. It's powerful. Hmm? Now, the other thing that prayer would do, oh, let me give you this. The other thing you see in the text is that prayer allowed Elisha to operate out of a relationship with God, but also in a partnership with God. See, I don't want anybody to think, you know, if you just read this on the surface, you get the wrong understanding. God, if Elijah says, uh, uh, will you open his eyes and the eyes open? He says, will you close the eyes of the enemy and the eyes close? And, and you know, he goes, if you're not careful, you'll get the wrong understanding. You, 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 you will conclude that there's some kind of formulaic uh, uh, words that you can put together and somehow manipulate God. That just can't, you can't do that. God is not manipulable. Come on now. Uh, you, you, you will conclude that, that prayer is the way that you put God on a puppet string. And if you turn the strings right, that God will do what you want. Oh, that is a total confusion. Don't, under, don't, don't confuse yourself with God. All right, all right. So what's going on here is that the prophet is in, come on now, he's in a partnership with God. And that, and that he doesn't know it, come on now, but God has initiated the chain of activity. And, and, and every now and then, your interest and God's interest aligns. You hear what I'm saying? Come on now. Every now and then, if you keep walking with God, in the prophet's case, God's heart became the prophet's heart. And where the interests aligned, uh, uh, the prophet could say, God will you and God said yes because it lines up with my interests you see the point you see the point but 
the more you walk with God, the more your life aligns with his interests. So inside of this, prayer, the power of prayer, changes circumstances and changes people. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Here's the last point I want to make before we get out of here. Prayer, listen to me, is powerful, but it's not all powerful. Only God is all powerful. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the Bible is, is, and by the way, you look at superheroes out there, uh, they all have their limitations. Well, su- Superman, as strong as he is, let him get in a room with some kryptonite. I tell all the married brothers in the house, if you want to stay married and sanctified, you better know what your kryptonite is. Come on now. And women too. All right. Uh, So by the way, brothers, make sure you make it to the men's conference that we're going to have them be speaking there so we can help you with your kryptonite. Come on now. Uh, 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 So, uh, oh man, I got distracted. Hold on. Uh, so, 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 so it's powerful, not all powerful. The Bible is honest about this, isn't it? That, that it says that Israel is God's handpicked people to send redemption to the world. And yet they were in slavery for 450 years. Can you imagine 450 years of, God's, of hearing God saying, no, no, no. Uh, uh, it tells you about, about Joseph, who, who, who God's favor was all on his life. And yet he was falsely accused and thrown in prison from somewhere between 7 and 12 years. Can you imagine? Tells you about Job, who, who God said was one of the most righteous people on the planet. And yes, before it was all over, he lost his wealth, his health, and his kids, and his family. Uh, 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 power, prayer is powerful, but, but not all. Tells us about Habakkuk, who when, when Israel is plummeting uh, 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 into exile, he says, my God, my God, how long must I cry and you will not answer? I even cry of violence. Look at the backdrop of the media. And still you will not save. All right, so what are you saying, Herman? Well, prayer has to operate inside of God's boundaries which we call God's will. Jesus illustrates it. He teaches you in the Our Father Prayer. He says, pray like this. Thy will be done. Right? Right. He teaches us in his own life that when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. But then he ends up by taking his own advice and he says, not my will, but thy will. And thank God for that, right? Because, because, because even in God's nose, we learn through Scripture that he's always working for our good. Come on now. That, that Israel will emerge right now as one of the most powerful, not perfect, but powerful nations in the world. Joseph would come from prison to being prime minister uh, of the same nation that imprisoned him. Job would have a chapter 42 where he would be blessed with all that he lost plus more. Come on now. I call it the divine reversal. In other words, Revelation says it like this. Because of what Jesus did on Calvary's cross, dying for our sins, snatching the victory out of death, breaking through in a resurrected life, the day will come when we shall wipe away all tears from our eyes. In other words, it's just a way of saying God will have the last word. 
trust him even in his nose. So don't you allow the fact that God said no to a prayer that you pray stop you from praying. Now let me end it here. I just backed into something. It's a surprise in the text. You couldn't see it. Here's what happened. The enemy starts coming at him. Verse 18. And Elisha says, strike him with blindness. Because they're in partnership. Their, their interest has aligned. Boom, God strikes. And then Elisha walks up to him and says, I know who you're looking for. Y'all link up because you can't see. I'm going to lead you to where he is. And so he led him in verse 20. He leads him in that day. Israel was split into two kingdoms. Judah was the southern kingdom. Its capital was Jerusalem. The northern kingdom was called Israel. Its capital was Samaria. It was Israel that was at war with Aram. And so he leads them right into the middle of Samaria, the capital, and brings them into the gate. Y'all ain't listening. And then the gate closes. And then he says to God, open their eyes. Watch me. And then God, they open their eyes. And suddenly the enemy who thought they had surrounded Elisha has now been led into the center of their enemy's camp. Y'all ain't listening. And they are surrounded. Oh, my gosh. And Elisha is saying, open their eyes. Now, the king says, thank you. Mr. Elijah, because these people have brutalized and murdered and killed and advocated and pushed forward violence. We got them now. He said, can I kill them? And Elijah says, what's wrong with you? Come on now. You're going to miss the opportunity. I need God to open your eyes about how to handle your enemies. Come on now. So Elijah says, I've been radicalized by God's radical love. Oh, come on now. And so here's what we're going to do. Don't kill them. Throw a party. Bring out some tables, cook some food, bring out the best you can. Come on, set the tables, set them down at the tables, y'all. Come on now, uh, no guns, just sit down at the table. Y'all sit, Israel soldiers, they'll sit, y'all start talking. Don't demonize, remember last week, humanize. Come on now, come on, I'm gonna transform them with radical love, and we're gonna share stories and hear each other's pain and experience each other's fear and discover we have more in common than against. And watch verse 23 how it is. It says, Come on now, put it up there, verse 23. Here, how it says, it's it says, after they finished eating and drinking, he sent them away. They went on back home. He returned to the master. Watch this. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. This is way bigger than striking people blind. This is way bigger than opening eyes. This is taking enemies and turning them into a friend. This is God's interest, y'all. This is what God was working toward. So in the backdrop of shooting and killing and toxicity, don't believe that radicalized followers of Jesus can't make a difference. God can still do this kind of work if you allow him to radicalize your heart. He got the wisdom, he got the discipline, and then came the miracle. Isn't this what Paul taught us last week in Romans 12, verse 19 and 20? Leave vengeance to God. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If they're thirsty, give him something to drink. 
And then verse 21, he says, you know why? Don't you be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with God. You can never drive darkness out with darkness. It takes light to do that. You can never drive hate out with hate. It takes radical love. That is the ultimate miracle of the story. Give God a hand praise.